Hello, everybody. We are almost through 2020. Um, this is the last episode of 2020, and, and this is going to be a good way to um, to round it up. Um, we got, you know, we're, I'm going to do a 2020 kind of year in review. Um, you know, my apologies for anybody that was, you know, really looking forward to yesterday's episode. You know, we had some last minute, you know, reshuffling of the deck, and I ended up just kind of going a different route for today's episode. So, you know, everybody, you know, thanks for bearing with me and, and you know, just understanding that, you know, if 2020's taught us anything, it's to adjust on the fly and to, you know, be able to land on your feet whenever, whenever things, whenever things change, you know, um, I think, I think that's definitely a major like takeaway and theme of 2020, you know, is, is just the ability to, you know, adapt on the fly the ability to adjust, the ability to survive, the ability to to keep the show going. The show must go on, as they say. Um, I think I think that's so. How fitting, you know, that the 2020 year and, and review episode kind of embodies some of those very themes. So you know, I am. Um, but yeah, you know that that's part of the game, and, and um, we're gonna get this episode started off you know how we like to do we like to keep it 42020 or 420 friendly here on dreadful talk podcast and so feel free to partake along with me or, or you know do it do what you do do what you do i would never pressure anybody or you know shame anybody for either doing something or not doing something this is how i like to you know get my mind right to you know have a good time with you guys um Some nice motor breath concentrate right there. Hit it with the little silicone nectar collector. And yeah, 2020, what a fucking year. Um, I know everybody's acting for some reason like when we wake up tomorrow, we're going to snap our fingers and poof and sunshine and rainbows come out and corona goes away. So I, I don't understand that that thinking or that logic or that, you know, marketing ploy or whatever you want to call it. I don't really understand what's necessarily changing. But just what I love about as I get older, you know, when you're younger, you know, high school, college, whatever, early 20s, you know, New Year's is just about getting lit and getting fucked up and, and turning up and, you know, having somebody to kiss at midnight and, and all that stuff. And, you know, that's fun. Not shaming you know, anybody, you know, that's fun. Who doesn't like that stuff? Um, but you know, as I get older, you know, New Year's Eve becomes more about like reflection and and, um, and just just looking at, you know, a growth through a year, the trials and tribulations of a year, you know, the just, just, I mean, as simple as, you know, looking at where you started and looking where you ended up. And, um, you know, this year, that's meant a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Um, you know, for me personally, I I don't really think it's controversial because I think I think that a lot of people in certain you know zoomed in selfish ways. I think twenty twenty has been good for a lot of us. Um, obviously, you know, RIP to all those that have lost. You know, obviously those that have like lost their businesses. You know, people in the restaurant and service industries probably don't share that same sentiment and, and and that's not to disparage anybody or or act like you know I'm somehow different like I just happened the the, the cards happened to fall differently for me and it kind of worked out in my favor um 
I I believe it or not, I'm I'm gonna look back on 2020 fondly. Um, like I said, I know not the not the most popular opinion or take. I know like uh, everybody's saying this is the worst year ever and everything. Like I think I think the reason why I'm not having those overreaction like worst year ever takes. Like a obviously, like I said, it worked out kind of good for me. I'll be real. But B, on the flip side of that, I'm also like a student of history. Like, I love history. I've been a history nerd since I was a little boy. My mom always likes to tell funny stories of, like, when we first got cable installed. Because I didn't always have that shit. I didn't grow up with a silver spoon like some of you motherfuckers. But when we first got cable installed, you know, like a lot of parents, my mom was, you know, worried that I may tune into, like, some inappropriate programming or whatnot. And, like, she would always, she would hear, like, violence and gunfire coming from my room but i would always be on like the history channel and shit like that so you know she would let it slide so i just say i'll have to say like i'm a history i'm a history buff i'm a history nerd some may say and i'm a big big fan of just a knowing my own history and i'm a big fan of everybody knowing history and you know the whole you know if you don't know your history you're doomed to repeat it type of thing and and it just it, it paints such a clearer picture of how we ended up where we ended up um i know everybody i get asked that all the time well fuck how did we end up here why is you know why is this everything sucks so bad it's like well i mean I, it, it's all right there and, and and literally recorded history in the language that you speak so i mean there's not really especially in the internet age the smartphone age the public library age even like there's not really a reason to not know your history i mean i get it there's only so many hours of the day and, and you know it's not everybody's you know cup of tea but but I, I think people should know their history i'm a big fan of knowing my history and i'm just gonna say it. there's been a lot worse years people uh you know the and, and and everybody likes to act like stuff is so long ago but it's really not like i know joe rogan always talks about this but like all of like all of recorded history is just like a blip on the map. I mean, we only have like what ten thousand years of recorded history, which some people would say, "Oh, ten thousand years—that's a lot." But in the context of millions, or if not billions of years, the the planet's been around. I mean, it's a, it's nothing. And then so, and then you go to like what's been recorded in the English language, and that's even shorter. And then like so, like people act like you know stuff was so long ago, and it really wasn't. And like. uh and so, I mean, think about this. It's not the worst year ever, people. Like, let's let's pause on the hot takes of worst year ever. I mean, there was the the actual plague. Let's not forget the actual plague. Um, I mean, just the absolutely horrific American Civil War. Oh, that was so long ago. Not really. For a lot of us, that's four or five generations ago. That's our, you know, great great grandparents. Or their parents. I mean, it wasn't that long ago as people like to make it seem. 1865. It's like 160 years ago. The average person's life is, you know, about 80 years. It's like two lives back to back. Not that long. But I got to put stuff in context. Um, I know everybody, you know, thinks the world revolves around them or the time we're living in now is the only time that ever mattered. Or I, I have, a, like I said, my, my love of history gives me a different perspective and, and um and then i mean hell you know even in like our grandparents great-grandparents generation there was world war one and world war two and the great depression all within like a matter of 15 years you know whole towns dying you know just some of the absolutely most horrific brand of warfare ever fought in the trenches of europe um just 
people dying for countries that in wars that had nothing to do with them. Um, now, all I've you know, and all myself being a fan of history, you know, World War Two is probably the most just war ever fought, at least to my knowledge, one of the most just wars, especially from the American perspective. Um, one of the few wars that essentially wasn't unnecessary, in my humble opinion. And um, so let's just not forget, like, my grandpa fought in World War Two, like, against actual Nazis and, like, Pearl Harbor getting attacked, like, I know we've had 9-11 and getting attacked by terrorists, or, like, domestic terrorists, but getting actually attacked by a nation's army, that happened our grandparents' generation not that long ago, so I just think we really need to pump the brakes on the whole worst year ever thing. Now, worst year, you know, from a societal perspective of my lifetime, definitely, definitely, but I'm 26 years old, like, that doesn't mean shit. Um, I mean, even like my mom, you know, they, they went through like the AIDS epidemic and, and Vietnam. I mean, my mom was a baby Vietnam, but, but you know what I'm saying? Like Vietnam was like one generation ago, mandatory draft, mandatory service, and it's especially impacted communities of color. Like, I mean, like, you know, like the lynchings of the thirties and the forties. And I mean, I know lynchings still happen, but I mean, so like when people are just so quick to say worst year ever, because you had to do some Zoom calls and wear a mask. Like, last time I checked, no nukes went off in 2020. And it was in 1944 or 1945, we had nuclear bombs dropped on cities. You know? And you can debate whether that was just or wrong or whatever. I know there's different sides of that perspective. But, like, let's just cool it with the worst year ever, Ty. I think that's such a whack just lazy way to frame 2020 as far as worst year ever. It wasn't the worst. Like factually, it's incorrect. It, it's lazy. Um, now, was it different? Was it unexpected? Was it, you know, for those that lost loved ones to the virus, was it tragic? I mean, for, you know, for those that had to lose their business, was it tragic? Yeah, like, like I, I can understand saying, like, for an individual, worst year ever. Like, yeah, if you lost your whole family or lost your family's business. or I could see, like, yeah, say worst year ever, but just, like, on a societal, bigger level, not worst year ever. Not for, like, the human race. Not even, I don't think, for America as a country. Not worst year ever. So... No, I'm kind of beating that dead horse, but I think it's important. Like I said, that's all anybody's saying. Like there's like you know commercials about it, and it's it's just like really trendy. Like oh, thank God, 2020's over, ha! Huh? And, and it's just like a the pandemic ain't ending tomorrow, folks. And B wasn't worst year ever. A lot of good things happened to a lot of good people this year, and that's what I'm gonna try to focus on. So we're going to start in the before time, way back when in January, seems like a lifetime ago, like legitimately my life has changed so much since January, 2020 that, I mean, it almost feels like when I was looking back on like my memories and, and, and taking notes for this episode, like it almost felt the same as like looking at pictures from high school and college. Like it just seemed like a world removed. Like it just seemed so long ago. So, so like I know I'm saying like not worst year ever, but but like you know longest year ever. Hey, I might I might be willing to discuss that one with you. Um, like in January, 
me and my wife Nina, we went to two Sacramento Kings games. We went against the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder and the Orlando Magic. We were in a stadium full of 20,000 people uh, watching basketball. This was pre-NBA bubble. We're already in a new NBA season. And like, so the, the, the calendar year of 2020, the sports seasons are going to make it seem super weird too. Um, and everybody knows I'm a big sports fan. I have my UFC podcast, Beefy Boys Breakdown. So a lot of today's episode is going to be kind of not only, I'm going to look at societal stuff, but I'm going to look at the year through like a sports lens as well. And like I said, in January 2020, I was at an NBA game. No mask, no social distancing, full fucking stadium capacity. That that amazing, beautiful stadium. It's only a couple of years old up in Sacramento. It's a great place to check out a game. Super, you know, reasonably priced tickets. It's dope to check out a Kings game if you're ever up, you know, in that area. And um, so, yeah, in January we were at Kings games. And then what actually reminded me of this, one of the, the second Kings game we went to, was like the remembrance, like on the outside of the stadium. It was like Mamba night because Kobe had just died. Kobe Bryant. We lost Kobe Bean Bryant January 26, 2020. And I definitely want to spend some time, you know, talking about Kobe. Um, now, I want to frame this in the context of I did not grow up a big Kobe fan. I actually grew up like a Kobe hater. Like I was an Allen Iverson fan. Um and I didn't follow basketball as closely as a young kid either. I didn't really get into basketball until like those um, Durant, Westbrook, OKC Thunder teams in like the 2010s. That's when I really started to pay attention to basketball. Um, and for those that know, I'm originally from Oklahoma City. So like whenever we got a team, it just put it more in the forefront, more to like our sports lexicon. And just I'd be, I, I really became an NBA fan, fell in love with it. And um but, but yeah, so I didn't grow up a Kobe fan. Uh, I grew up kind of a Kobe hater, and I'll, I'll say that kind of like, it's kind of funny to think about now, but he was just so good, right? Like, why do we hate athletes? We're like the best ones that won't lose and beat our favorite team. So, I mean, I didn't like hate the man, but just like the on-court, and he was such a killer. He just would make your favorite player look like trash, make your favorite team look like trash. Um, yeah, and just every, he had so many fanboys and dick riders, like even in Oklahoma, you know, a thousand, 1500 miles away from LA, and there was still so many Kobe fanboys. That was his reach, that was his legacy um, on multiple generations, including my own. Um, the number switch, like he's almost has like two separate careers. Like people like to split Barry Bonds' career up, like pre steroid and post steroid. <laughs> Like Kobe kind of did that with the number split, the the eight. It's like he has two separate Hall of Fame careers, you know, um, super amazing. And just, but what I say all this as far as not being a Kobe fan when I was younger and stuff, because by the end of it, and this isn't hindsight 2020 or just trying to say the right thing when somebody passes. Like, no, like the last, like after post-retirement Kobe, I became such a fan, probably because he's not busting my favorite teams and players' ass anymore. But I just became such a fan of the man. I like could see, you know, he let us kind of behind the mask a little bit, and and was just doing so much with his daughter, you know, R.I.P. Gigi, and um, and we got to see the father and the businessman and the analyst, and and and, and I I was absolutely falling in love with the man that Kobe Bryant was becoming. Um, and you know, the tragic helicopter accident that took the life of him and a whole other family and his daughter too. And God damn it. 
fucking what an omen, right? Like, I mean, I know it was saying 2020 wasn't the worst year ever, but it definitely wasn't the best year ever. And and what a shit way to start it off with losing Kobe in January. Doesn't that seem like, like, I know it said January seemed like a lifetime ago, but the Kobe death doesn't seem like that long. Like, that's still, that wound still seems pretty fresh and like it hasn't scabbed over yet for for myself and a lot of other sports fans a lot of other americans a lot of other people around the world that's another thing about kobe worldly man spoke i don't even know how many languages like legit i know it's like italian spanish he would say shit to luca and slovenian um who uh, maybe some chinese like some asian languages too i god damn it what a genius of a man you know renaissance man gorgeous human being um r.i.p to kobe being bryant and so much stuff has happened since January that myself, I forgot, and I bet a lot of you guys forgot too. World War Three almost started in fucking January. I remember being at work, like, legit nervous if, like, either nuclear war or World War Three was going to bust out in January. Because we drone struck an actual, not like a terrorist, like an actual member of the Iranian army. Like an actual like officer, like a head guy of their army. Um, that's how you start a war, <laughs> and, and and we avoided it. Uh, they they ended up bombing one of our bases. I don't think anybody died. Um, you know, I think some guys got concussions. Uh, hey, if that's all that comes out of it to avoid World War Three, I mean, you know, I'm glad. Sorry, you know, you never want to see a soldier get hurt, but I think if we could avoid World War, I think even those soldiers would like volunteer a concussion to avoid World War Three and like nuclear holocaust. So. We almost had World War Three, folks. You know it was a crazy year, but we almost had World War Three, and that just woo, like didn't even register. I had to like look back and be reminded of that. Jesus Christ. Um, moving on to February, February twenty twenty. Now, listen, everybody wants to think of all the negative that happened in twenty twenty. Twenty twenty, I got to witness something. One of the coolest things I never thought I'd get to witness. Um. And that's, I watched a former teammate of mine, and a man I consider a friend, George Kittle. I watched him play in the Super Bowl. And, uh, and the Niners played the Chiefs in this year's Super Bowl, right? Seems like a lifetime ago. I feel you. Um, but the Niners played the Chiefs in, the, in February 2020, the Super Bowl. And yeah, George Kittle, I played high school football with George Kittle. Um, I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I consider him a friend. You know, he's a busy man nowadays. I'm not going to act like we hang out and talk every day. But, you know, he got love for me. I got love for him. You know, I'm a big fan of that guy. I love watching him succeed. Like, seriously, if you don't want your friends to be as successful as George Kittle, then you're a bad friend. Like, seriously, like, get that hate, get that envy out of your heart. Like, I love watching George Kittle play on Sundays. The fact that, me, like, me and him both ended up in, like, the Santa Clara County is, is pretty cool, unique. Um, Played at Norman High School, you know, with me and my my podcast partner uh, Harrison from Beefy Boys was played with us too, and um, and then yeah, that um earlier in the season, last season, I I got to um I went to the Browns Niners Monday Night game um with with my our other teammate Dylan Stout, shout out Dylan Stout and the whole Stout family, good good ass people, and me and my boy Dylan. We watched the, the Monday night game, and then afterwards, we got to, like, kick it with George. We got to, you know, I met, like, C.J. Beathard and Garrett Selleck that night. It was a cool-ass night. Um, you know, got to say hi to George's family. The Kittle's wonderful people. Like, that shit is not an act. Um, great dude. One of, one of the good dudes of the NFL. So, I got to watch my friend play in the Super Bowl. Never thought I'd get to say that. I was so happy and just thrilled watching. You know, it didn't end up the way... 
That, but you know they're playing Patrick fucking Mahomes. You know that's a hard, a hard guy to beat. Um, hard to hold it against him. But yeah, watch my friend playing the Super Bowl. Most people don't get to check that off off their list, and that was a that was a great memory of my 2020. Like I look back on that very fondly. Um, had my two year anniversary of being with my wife, or not be at that point she wasn't my wife. Talking about a lot happened in 2020. Oh, me and my girlfriend Nina marked two years together. Uh, in February, and um, so February is whenever COVID started to get really bad in China, and we were starting to hear like whisperings of like, oh shit, like you know, there's this the v, the coronavirus thing, and it's in China, and if it gets over here, it might get ugly. But nothing was shut down yet in February. It hadn't quite. It was just starting to make its way over. So once again, seemed like a lifetime ago as far as on the COVID front. Now March, um, I, and I say this because this is kind of planted the seed of how I even started my podcast. That all started, so there's a sports radio station here in the Bay Area, 95.7 The Game. Big fan, big fan of all the, shout out Damon Bruce, shout out Guru Johnson, you know, I, I love listening to y'all, uh, you know, uh, Butcher Boy, you know, Joe Shasky. I love, big fans of all you guys, if you guys ever managed to hear this. And I buy, they had a dream job competition where you get to like film a clip of yourself and um, mail it in and you could win a job to actually be like a sports talk radio host. And I, I never enter contests. Like I never entered like free co concert tickets, free. I, I don't do shit like that. I don't do raffles. I don't really play the lottery. Like that's just not my thing. I, um, but like. What, but this one, the the way it was set up, it wasn't like random. Like if you were good, you could get picked. Like you had agency. Like you had be good and you could get picked. So I was like, fuck, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enter this. And I recorded my clip and, and I made a fatal flaw. And I'm not saying I would have won if I didn't do this, but it was pretty stupid of me. I forget what even my topic was. I think it maybe was like Tom Brady's the best quarterback of all time or some shit like that. Like you had to like argue like a, a hot taker, something like that. I forget exactly what my point was, but I do remember that it had nothing to do with Bay Area sports at all. And like, there's this website where you can like go watch the entries, and everyone else was talking like Bay Area sports teams, and it's a Bay Area sports radio station. So no wonder I didn't get picked. Duh, that was stupid on my part. But I thought I did a really good job as far as how I talked and. and and even how I looked on the camera and, and how I, and I was like, man, like even I started thinking, you know, as, as the weeks went on and it became obvious that like I wasn't one of the finalists, I was like, damn, like I don't want to necessarily close the door on that. And I've always been a big fan of listening to podcasts for years now. And, and so I, that sparked kind of the wheels in motion. Like I didn't officially decide to start the podcast on that day. But like that little competition, I never would have started the podcast if I didn't enter that competition and essentially lose that competition because I would have had like a full-time job essentially. So I um I ended that competition and I lost, but that's like the classic like hindsight 2020 where like me losing that competition may have been like the best thing that ever happened to me. Um so yeah, I wanted to mention that that kind of birthed the you know idea of, of the of the podcast. Um uh, then on in March is when shit hit the fan on on our you know the 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 good old Rona was here to stay. It was people were dying. It was here. 
Like our pretty much our fears were being confirmed that it was going to make it over from China and and in the COVID virus like COVID shitstorm hit the fan in March of 2020. That's a, probably a month most of us will probably not soon forget. Um, a lot of people's lives changed forever um, in a multitude of different ways. But March 2020, y'all, that's when the Rhone was officially, you know, at the dance, at the party, and, and became a part of all of our lives and, and impacted every single aspect of our society. Um, yeah, March 2018 will go down in the history books for sure. Um, March 18th was my last day punching the clock. Um, I actually went home from my job early, like before shit even shut down. I was working at a cannabis dispensary, which was deemed essential, but like before it was essential, the line was like around the block. It was like the most busy day ever. And it was before people were used to social distancing, masks weren't required yet, but like this virus was like a known thing. And I got like so paranoid and freaked out because I essentially had like 400 people like breathing on me in a day. And I, I, I remember I went home and I used all my sick days, all my vacation days, and then like two weeks later, they ended up doing like voluntary layoffs where I got essentially got paid to quit. And I, uh, but man, I was ahead of the curve as far as like, I was not trying to be like working with the public without mask and shit. It was before all the mandates and everything, social distancing. So I got sketched out and I said deuces and I got paid pretty much to quit. And I saved most of that. And that kind of like, you know, helped me out in, the, in this time. I, um, so yeah, March 18th, I haven't worked since March 18th, that's nine months, essentially nine months ago, fucking nuts, um, March 18th, so that day, that day was, was the last day I punched the clock, I'm sure a lot of Americans have similar stories, um, probably stopped working at around March, or maybe not, or got sent home working from home, I, yeah, I I also got to say, people, I fucking hated that job, like, a lot. Like, I was getting really close to quitting and or beating up my manager, like, the weeks leading up to this. So, like, I mean, I'm not going to lie and say, like, that didn't factor in at all. If it was, like, my lifelong passion or a job I loved or a company I loved or anything like that, I may not have been so quick to jump the gun, but, like, that's back when we didn't know how dangerous Corona was or anything like that. So you coupled those two factors together. And I was like, I'm out deuces. Um, at the start of the, uh, of, you know, and back in March, the start of lockdown, start of Corona times, you know, we're like doing all the wiping down the groceries and wearing gloves. And I might have even fucking wore bags over my shoes the fucking first day at the grocery store. We didn't know how to, prepare we i mean i was super i like was stocking up i made like a doomsday kit like i had no idea like i'm kind of a conspiracy theorist i didn't know how bad it was gonna get like it was whenever all the civil unrest was happening i was like oh shit is this like the big enchilada like is this what sparks like the the, the big you know what a lot of people think may come one day in this country it's some kind of big societal upheaval day of reckoning type of situation i didn't know and being out here in um, in Cali, where it's essentially impossible to buy ammo or guns or anything, may, did not make me feel any more at ease. Um, also, can't talk about March 2020 without mentioning Breonna Taylor. Um, 
Breonna Taylor died on March 13th, RIP. Um, I, I'm gonna mention a few more cases like this throughout this, it was such an integral part of, of our year and our society, and um, especially me being a person of color, um, just what wasn't the first, wasn't the last, but Breonna Taylor's death, you know, sparked a ton of conversation and protesting and, and change and even legislature changes and and just a whole shift started to happen. And, and, and unfortunately, that wouldn't be the last, you know, tipping point of, of what continued that movement. Um, but yeah, the Black Lives Matter movement, the opposition to that movement was in many ways had been brewing since long before I was born, but also in many ways was sparked off like, you know, the, the match was thrown to the gasoline with the death of, of Breonna Taylor. So that happened March 13th, 2020, a day, you know, many people, you know, especially in the black community, you know, won't, won't soon forget. Or unfortunately, if you do forget, because there's so many of them and it happens so often, then, you know, it's hard to hold that against you. Um, yeah, so obviously I didn't remember, I didn't forget about Breonna Taylor, but I did forget that it happened way back in March. Um, it's crazy that much time has gone by since uh, she was shot essentially, I think, in her sleep by the Louisville PD um, when they found no drugs in the house. It was a no-knock warrant. I think no-knock warrants were ended as a result of this, which, good, that's super sketchy. Um, yeah, um, RIP Breonna Taylor. I can't talk about 2020 without mentioning that woman and, and then the, the result and fallout of, of her death, you know, definitely left a huge impact on 2020, left a huge impact on all of us, you know, RIP. Um, man, April was, uh, looking back on it, it, you know, like I said, it's hard, maybe it's just me, maybe I smoke too much weed, but I, I really do struggle with like remembering the timeline of like my year and like what months were good, what months were bad, when, what happened, it kind of all just lumps together. And uh, man, April was a good ass month for me. We got that first stimulus check. We got, um, and I went hiking in, in, in like the, I went hiking in the Santa Cruz and in, in all the mountains so surrounding, uh, all the hills surrounding like the uh, Santa Clara Valley and Santa Cruz County. Like I went hiking almost every day in all the gorgeous um, Northern California hills and the redwoods and the, and the foothills of San Jose. Um, April. Ended up being the best month. In hindsight, April was a good-ass month for me. I hope you guys all had a wonderful April as well. Um, speaking of April, that's what month 420 falls in. It's about time for another dabski. Feel free to join me or not. We don't discriminate. It's all love on Dreadful Talk. But I am a huge fan of cannabis. Also, I didn't write this down. 2020 is the year I really fell in love with concentrates. Um, it's not like I had never dabbed before, but I, I really started like purchasing my own. Like, I would always dab at friends' houses or, you know, somebody brought some over or whatever, but I never really like would buy my own concentrates. Like 2020 fell in love with concentrates, um, <laughs> you know, so. For what it's worth, you know, for those those dabbers out there, you know. But I love my flower too. Shout out to flower smokers. But yeah, I, I really started to understand the appeal of, of dabbing in 2020. Um, man, 
May was a huge month for me and a huge month for this country as a whole. Um, May was my first ever dreadful talk. Um, at the time, I really didn't know it was my first dreadful talk. I definitely should have like planned it better and I debated if I even wanted to like consider that my first episode or not. It was super unprofessional. I was literally in my car. Um, and it was birthed because many apartments and even house, small houses in the Bay Area and in the South Bay, especially stuff that was built like a long time ago, um, it's very, very common to not have an air conditioner. Um, it's kind of also proof of global warning. When a lot of these houses were built, you didn't need an air conditioner in the Bay Area. Um, but now in the Bay Area, it regularly reaches over 100 degrees. Um, so yeah, essentially kind of climate change, you know, firsthand, but uh, I, needless to say, in many, many households in the Bay Area in the summer, summertime, it gets like unbearably hot. Like if you're in a room that the sun, hit, the, the side of the house that the sun hits, you're fucked. Um, get 90, over 90 degrees in your house like that. Um, it's miserable. And so, like I said, I mean, fans don't cut it. It's like legit damn near sauna. It's bad. Um, and so, I decided I got like a three-pack of Tallboy Coors. And I went to go sit in my car. Wasn't driving drunk or anything. I just literally sat in my car with the AC on because I needed AC. And I went live with some with some a case of a Coors Light and just was drunk and talking shit and interacting with people on the live and um i said I, if i knew it would have like turned into what it turned into i never would have wanted my first episode to turn out like that like honestly i never even put it on youtube or any other platform like i wasn't like proud of it and i knew there'd be certain people that see my page and like want to start from the beginning and i did not want that to be the first impression so for those that watch that live Without even knowing it, that was the birth of Dreadful Talk Podcast. And uh, I said I would have gone about it differently had I known of what it would I like would turn this into. But it's kind of, you know, serendipitous or just funny or, you know, whatever the case may be, whatever you want to call it. I uh, the, the kind of accidental birth of Dreadful Talk Podcast. And then I kind of just improved and focused and honed it down the further I went. But uh, my first Dreadful Talk was in May. May 2020. Um, yeah, and then also some highs and lows of, of May 2020. George Floyd died on May 25th, 2020. And um, it's like, I would say not to beat a dead horse, but how do you think people feel when this keeps happening? Like, like we're the dead horse that's getting beat. You know, I said, we are the, you know, people of color in this country. And, and, and even if you're not a person of color, like, you know, I don't know if you want to say ally. I've always found that phrase kind of corny. Or, but, you know, the good folks, the good white folks, the good people that's not out here being a part of the problem, the people that are being a part of the solution, coming on every shape, gender, color, size, whatever. All the folks fighting the good fight. You know who you are. You know, I'm not right, you know, talking about you. Um, but, but yeah, man, um, George Floyd dying. Really, just because the wound from Breonna Taylor was fresh open. Um, you know, Trump always saying stupid ass racist shit was adding fuel to the fire. Um, we just had the whole very fine people thing a few years ago. It just was building, building, building. And then and in many ways, 
I mean, the the straw that broke the camel's back was George Floyd's death. Um, the the violent, just brutal nature of uh, of watching um, Derek, fuck you, bitch ass Chauvin, uh, step on that man's neck or kneel on his neck for nine minutes or eight minutes and forty six seconds or whatever the exact time was. Um, it was it was fucked up to watch, especially like. Man, like me being a fan of MMA and UFC and, and like, I mean, you you get a, a, a blood choke in because that's what it was. It wasn't a wind and airway choke. It was a blood choke with a carotid artery. And I, I mean, I'm no doctor. I probably even said that wrong, but it's a blood choke that cuts off the blood flow to the brain when you're on the side of the neck as opposed to the throat. Um, that's why there's all those different jujitsu chokes that hit different angles. Like when you see somebody get submitted, it's not always that they can't breathe. That blood flow gets cut off in them arteries, then I mean you're gonna pass out whether you, whenever you want to or not, and and that's after ten seconds. I mean it doesn't take long, and so for to watch eight minutes, like I mean, you know, and then they had to have the audacity to say that's not why he died. Like I watch people get choked professionally every fucking weekend, and they get pulled off after like. 15 seconds at the most like for eight minutes like that's nothing but that's a lynching that's a lynching with a knee just because there wasn't a rope doesn't mean that wasn't a lynching um so yeah george floyd that's another one spot put the put the match on the gasoline you know sent this country into you know turmoil um That's whenever the whole looter versus protester um, kind of conversation had our gripped our country and, you know, kind of once again divided us further and drew further lines in the sand. Um, my, yeah, we all remember the looter conversations, right? Those uncomfortable conversations with coworkers, aunts, uncles. And, and, you know, at least in my position, I'd be sitting here like, you know, traumatized over watching yet another black person die at the hands of police. And then you hear some, you know, asshole talking about, you know, stealing a $300 TV from Target who's it's insured like or I don't know. Like like as, now, as far as like the mom and pop businesses that got looted. I mean, which I feel was a very small number and was blown out of proportion and used as part of a narrative. Now, I do feel bad for those business owners. And like, and I'm not saying I'm pro-looting, but I am empathetic to trauma. And, and I've also witnessed black folks in this country try peaceful protests for my forever, um, before I was born. Um, these same people that would be so mad at the violent protests and the looting were the same people that were mad at Colin Kaepernick's peaceful protest. The irony was not lost on many of us. Um, like, like if you don't listen to the peaceful, you don't get to like say somebody's an animal for being unpeaceful if they try. Like, you know, it's it's, a, it's the classic example of, like, when we're in elementary school, somebody may relate to this, like, some little kid, like, flicking the back of your neck. You ask him to stop nicely, you know, five, ten, a hundred times, and then on the hundred and one time, you turn around 
and sock him or do something, cuss him out, something drastic. That's all anybody talks about is, is, is the drastic part on the 101 time. Nobody ever, ever, ever talks about them first 100 flicks. And, and for anybody that still is having a hard time understanding the violent protest or the looting, that was flick 101. And, and, and that's the best, simplest way. I think if you, if you don't understand that, then you're purposely not being empathetic and, and you're essentially sticking your fingers in your ear and going la 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 because it's um obvious and and um and it may not have been obvious at first but now with some time and me just explaining it in a very simple understandable way i'm convinced if you don't get that then you don't want to and, and, and you know i guess we can agree to disagree or whatever but um but yeah the george floyd death the ensuing riots and protest will forever be a part of, you know, history books. Like, I feel like those riots and protests, those pictures are going to be in the history book right next to Selma and, and, the, and the dogs and the water hoses of the 1960s um, and, and in my grandkids' textbooks. It's, it's still the same fight. Um, I, for those that think that the civil rights movement had some put a bow on it, you know, happy Disney movie ending, we're still fighting that fight, and that was never more apparent than in the year 2020. Um, I know the talk about that subject has kind of died down and, and whatnot, but the fight's still being fought, and, and the struggle is still just that, a struggle for, for many you know people of color in this country. Um, the, 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 the police interactions and the relationship with police and, and, and the actions of police still need to be addressed and changed in many places. Um, I feel like a lot of lip service and hollow things have been said and done. Um, I, I don't feel like anything was really nipped in the bud in, in many cities and many places. Um, still a lot of work to do y'all. Um, so whenever this happens again, cause it will, um, don't act surprised or say, why are they doing this? You know exactly why. And, and 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 because ain't shit changed, ain't shit changed. Um, it's the it's the same fight that our grandparents and their grandparents were fighting. It's the same fight. It's not a new fight. People keep trying to like frame it as like this new thing, and when it's a very very old thing. Um, but we'll keep it pushing to June 2020, June 2020, June 6th. Um, was essentially the day Beefy Boy's breakdown was born. Um, I had watched the UFC 250 pay-per-view card. I was very intoxicated, and I was still kind of just tampering, figuring out this Instagram live thing, and, and I decided to go live after the fights. Uh, I was on my fucking front porch at like very late, midnight or whatever it was, drunk, and uh I was talking about the UFC fights. I want to say it was Amanda Nunez fought on that card, if I'm not mistaken. And um, I was just saying how great she was. And then uh, my, my boy Harrison, uh, this fella right here, <laughs> he, he, was, he was one of the viewers of the live, and he had also watched the card. And um, after I ended the live, uh, he called me, and then we proceeded to talk more about the fights. And uh, he was a little bit buzzed, too, or probably more than a little bit. And... Um, and we drunkenly came up right there on that phone call. 
We said we were going to do exactly what Beefy Boys turned into. We were going to do review every card, talk about every card, and the day after the card. We came up with the name right there on the phone. It happened so organically, and, and then with the pretty much no looking back since. Um, I mean, how many of us have had a drunken talk with one of our bros about some epic plan or something, some move to make, or and it just never happens. It's just drunken bullshit talk. Um Myself included. I've done that more times than I care to admit. Um, you know, all fucked up. You come with the greatest plans ever. And then there's zero follow through, zero execution. But something about this idea, this concept, this, this movement of Beefy Boys Breakdown. We stuck to our guns. We followed through. And, and we've been there for you for each and every card since. Um, so June was whenever Beefy Boys Breakdown was born. That'll be a... Um, That'll be that'll be a special special month in my memory for sure. Um, also, Harrison came on as, as my very first dreadful top guest. I don't know how I didn't remember that. I thought my first guest was a few different people, but no, Harrison was my first guest on Dreadful Talk as well. And um, and, and man, so he Harrison, shout out to you, shout out, Harrison underscore Madden. Go give him a follow on Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, my fellow beefy boy on Beefy Boys Breakdown. Just that motherfucker's been a huge part of my 2020, a big part of any Beefy Boys fans 2020, and, and he's been as solid as they come. The follow through, the, the the friendship, the loyalty. Shout out to that man, Harrison Harrison underscore Mad, and give him a follow. Um, and you know what? So the first couple of episodes of Dreadful Talk weren't even called Dreadful Talk. Um, I didn't have a name. I just kept saying, oh, I'm going live. <laughs> like, it's your boy, Dominic. Like, I didn't, I said, I didn't follow, like, plan it all out as probably as much as I should have. It just kind of happened organically, which is which is kind of beautiful in its own right. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't until, I think, episode 5, June 14, 2020, is whenever I officially started calling it Dreadful Talk. I uh, came up with my name. I think I very shortly after got the logo made from the homie Dylan Chargin, Dylan Walker Chargin. Um, shout out to him, man. Makes great music, um, doing big things out on the East Coast. Um, and then also my birthday, I'm a June baby. I'm a Gemini. No, I don't believe in any of that bullshit. Um, but yeah, I was born, uh, my birthday is June 18th. Fun fact about me, I was born on my mom's birthday. My mom's birthday is also June 18th. Um, that's why... Those Roman numerals right there say 618 in, um, in Roman numerals. Um, 618, it's my birthday. It's my mom's birthday. I turned 26 this year. Turned 27 next year. So, yeah, I turned 26 this year. It was a fun birthday. Um, quarantine birthday. You know, I think I had like two people over. Um, cooked out in the backyard. Chilled on the patio outside. Socially distanced. First and hopefully last um, socially distanced birthday. But I don't know. Who knows where we'll be by next June. Um, July is whenever I got this motherfucker made right here, which made me feel so legit. I felt like Joe Rogan himself when this motherfucker first came in the mail. Made me feel so goddamn legit. Um, ended up getting a great deal on it. Um, I'm super happy with it. I think I want to eventually get a couple different like colors or iterations made. Um, any sponsors out there? You want your name on this? Holler at me. We can talk. I want to get a new one made. Love to have a sponsor come in with me on it. We can get your logo on there. Whatever. Be a good look. I'm definitely still looking for sponsors. Um, 
And so I got on this like pier fishing kick. I don't know. The ocean was calling me like Moana. I, uh, I kept going. I went to the beach and fished off the pier. I don't know how many times in the month of July. And it was really fun because I hadn't fished since I was a little boy in Oklahoma pond fishing. And I had never fished in the ocean, which I know some, you know, hardcore anglers out there are like, oh, pier fishing isn't fishing in the ocean. Yeah, yes, the fuck it is. It's salt water. It's literally fishing in the ocean. I'm not saying I'm like, you know, deep sea fishing for marlin or anything. I'm not trying to, you know, steal your thunder out there, anglers. But you can't tell me it's not fishing in the fucking ocean if my fishing line is literally chilling in the ocean, pulling fish out of the salt water ocean. That's ocean fishing, especially to an Oklahoma boy. Like your boy. So that was that's what I'll, I'll remember about July. Went on this really fishing kick, beach kick at the around the ocean a lot. You know, um, shout out Santa Cruz, Davenport, uh, Monterey. Gorgeous, gorgeous part of the country. Gorgeous, gorgeous beaches. Um, NorCal beaches though, cold ass water, cold ass water. Definitely not Laguna Beach or you know even even Venice for that matter. Definitely. Um, cold water, uh, and 721, um, I had debatably still to this day, my biggest guest on, and it's my bet. It's my really good friend, man. My best friend since like seventh grade, um, pop all rod, man. Shout out pop all rod. Look him up on Spotify, run up his single, hit him where you hurt, hit him where it hurts. And I think it's over a million spins now. Um, let's run it up even higher. It's an amazing song. He's doing Big ass things in LA due to the music industry. Um, singer, model, actor. He was in a uh, Doritos commercial of Post Malone. He had a brief um, shot in a On My Block on Netflix. Um, and, and he's doing big things in the music industry. Shout out to the good homie Papa Rod. Um, P A W P A W R O D. Look him up on Twitter, Instagram. Give him follow. Give him some spins on Spotify. This song is legit a banger. Like I, I don't know, like Mina Kimes from ESPN's a fan of the song. Like it's a good ass song. Um, run, run up the spin. Shout out to Papa Rod for being one of my first guests and, and debatably still my biggest get, guest to this date. Looking to change that in 2021. No, no disrespect, Papa, but I'm trying to trying to get some star power on here. Uh, but no, thank you so much for coming on, man. It was a fun episode, and it was a great year for you on the music numbers and just doing your thing, getting back into the music industry. Super happy for my boy. Um, like I said, if you don't root for your friends and you don't want your friends to succeed, or if you don't want your friends to be more successful than you, you're a bitch-ass hating motherfucker, man. You need to re-examine how you look in that life and your friendships. I want my friends to be stars. I want nothing but success for the people in my life and in those that I love. So shout out to Pop Out Rod. Go to the top, brother. You were born for it, man. Thank you for, you know, blessing the podcast. Um, and let me see. July 27th is whenever we got the Beefy Boys logo officially made. Um, and it's so dope because I had this vision in my head of these cartoon cows that looked like me and Harrison wearing human clothes. I had this idea in my head. And I, when I described it to people, I felt like an insane person or just like it sounded stupid or it sounded so wet coming out of my mouth describing it. But in my head, it looked so dope. And I like knew that's what I wanted. And I could not be happier with um with my logo 
and, and how it came out. And I am totally blanking on the name of the person that made it for me. And I'm so sorry. I put it at the end of every single Beefy Boys video. So if you're happy with this logo, because I'm very happy with it. It came out exactly how I pictured it in my mind's eye. And I put the person who made this information up at the end of every single Beefy Boys video on YouTube. And I'm so sorry that it is slipping my mind at this moment. Um, something media, but I, I have a bunch of friends with like media companies and, and they're all kind of blended together. So forgive me. I'm very happy with my logo. We got it in July. Huge moment for the BB Boys podcast. And, and I, I'm so happy with the logo. Um, also got my truck stolen on, on, on uh, July 30th. Um, First time ever having a vehicle stolen. And then just to add a little razzle dazzle to it, I found out months later that it was my dad that stole the truck from me. Crazy story. There's a whole episode of the podcast about it. Go subscribe. Check me out. Dreadful Talk Podcast on YouTube. You'll see it literally says my dad stole my truck. I forget the exact number. I think it's something in the 20s. Um, but yeah, I tell the whole story of the time my dad stole my truck. So 2020. First time having my truck stolen, first time having a family member steal my truck, first time having my dad steal my truck. Um, stories as fucked up and stupid as it sounds. Um, but yeah, go check out that episode if you want to hear more about that. Got my truck stolen by my dad. Check 2020, just, you know, throwing throwing more fun little gems and, and curveballs at you. Um, so I hope nobody else got their truck stolen in 2020. If you did, at least I hope it wasn't your dad that stole it. Because that was not fun to find out. Um, also, the UFC Fight Island um, fights started in, in July. Um, that was a fun, you know, different little spectacle as a fan of MMA, of, of, of a fan of the UFC, you know, the Fight Island era in which they're, they're going back to it. And I think it's going to be more of a regular thing now. But when it first happened, it was like, whoa, this is so cool. It's so crazy. Um, it was kind of born because of... COVID, a lot of fighters couldn't get in or out of the United States or their country. So Abu Dhabi was like easier for some of the European and Middle Eastern fighters to get in and out of. Um, so, so yeah, the Fight Island cards were amazing. A lot of fun, such a spectacle. I bought the t-shirt, I bought the mask, I got the, I got the, the Fight Island merch. I was a big fan of just the, the marketing ploy and, and, and everything the UFC did was Fight Island. It was a lot of fun. Uh, shout out to the UFC for putting on all the amazing cards this year and, and giving the Beefy Boys Breakdown plenty to talk about and plenty of content for you guys. Um, thanks for everybody that's been a fan of Beefy Boys Breakdown. And, and, if you, and if you're a fan of fighting, of MMA, of the UFC, and you haven't checked out Beefy Boys Breakdown, please go subscribe on YouTube. We get really in-depth in all the fights. We have a lot of fun. I mean, it's a really, really underrated podcast. I know it's douchey to call your own podcast underrated. The numbers are criminally low for the quality of content and i know i'm tooting my own horn but hey sometimes sometimes you got to be your own biggest fan um guys go check out beefy boys breakdown my boy harrison puts in all he is so knowledgeable puts in a lot of work and we have a lot of fun together and then also in july Ghislaine Maxwell was arrested, and I know the whole Epstein didn't kill himself and all that shit kind of trend has passed for a lot of people. 
but some fucked up weird shit that we will never fully, fully get the full story to and, and, and conspiracy theories will abound and, and everybody is going to act like they know the answer, but nobody truly knows the scope or the depth and, and, and many would argue that's why Jeffrey Epstein got suicided was because I think there was potential to blow this whole thing wide open even bigger and some huge names and some huge things would have been, you know, disrupted and, and, um, you said you can, you can go down that rabbit hole. I actually encourage you to like, this is one of those conspiracy theories where there's actually meat on that bone. Like you're not chasing, chasing ghosts or some wild goose hunt. Like there's plenty there when it comes to the Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell, I guess if you want to call it conspiracy, if you want to I mean, the thing is, it is a conspiracy, but it's a conspiracy in like the legal term of conspiracy. Like people were conspiring, like, you know what I'm saying? To do criminal acts and like horrible, horrible, unspeakable criminal acts. So like, it's a conspiracy in the actual definition of the meaning of the word conspiracy, not like tinfoil hat, like bullshit, like conspiracies, like, like, you know, like the Sandy Hook crisis actors shit. That's just kind of like, out there and doesn't have too much legs to stand on, but I mean, that's just that's a whole other conversation. I'm I, I don't know where I stand on that, but uh, I I'm just saying there is meat on the bone in this whole Epstein, Ghislaine Maxwell, child sex, celebrity, fucking, it's crazy, and I just I I don't want it to get swept under the rug. I don't want it to be forgotten by history. I don't. I want to just bring it up that Epstein didn't kill himself. And fuck you, Glenn Maxwell. And like, yeah, and then it spawned the whole Save Our Children mo movement, which like weird white trash moms kind of took in a weird direction on Facebook. But hey, like the whole QAnon got involved and it got murky. It got murky, folks. But there's still plenty of real shit there. If you haven't watched the Epstein documentary on Netflix, please like watch it. Take their, take the, the eyewitness accounts for it. Don't take my word for it. There's eyewitness accounts of girls that were 14, 15, 16 being sexually trafficked, raped, and molested by Epstein and his rich little friends. And Ghislaine Maxwell was like a huge part of that. So fuck you, Ghislaine Maxwell. I hope you either get suicided too or uh, but not before you get to take some people down with you but you deserve horrible things Ghislaine Maxwell fuck you and you know I would have loved to see Epstein you know be able to testify or snitch or take more people down with him but I'm not so horribly mad that the man got strangled to death by the gorilla of a man that they put him in a cell with and then turned off the cameras. Um, yeah, that happened. Um, August 2020, <clears throat> I stayed at a haunted hotel. I, I say haunted in quotes. I um, Now, my wife is way more tapped in with the spiritual shit than me. I feel like, I don't know, and I'm not an expert on this at all. <clears throat> I know some people, you know, like to get way deeper into it than me. I my official position on ghosts is that like, I would love to see one. I've never seen one. I've never felt one. I've never seen anything haunted. I've never, 
and that included my stay at this haunted hotel. Like I didn't, it was a normal hotel to me. I felt, I slept, I ate, I smoked, I did what I normally do. I didn't experience anything weird, but I'll say I'm not open. Like, I don't know spiritually or, or what it is that I'm closed off when it comes to the spiritual shit, but I'm closed off. Like, I don't be feeling that shit. I never felt God when I went to church. I never felt the Holy Spirit when everybody was faking and shaking with their hands and shit. I never felt anything at all. So maybe that's a me problem. Maybe I'm like closed off spiritually. But I stayed at a haunted hotel. Um, check that off my list. I didn't experience anything or feel anything. August 8th, I got engaged. Got my ring on. Uh, Obviously, I know the men don't put on rings when they get engaged, but we had a whopping one week long engagement. We got married the very next week. That's going to be funny. That's another funny, unique thing about me and my wife. Yeah, engaged for one week. We got it. We pretty much knew what it was. Like we planned it all, but we had to like go through the steps and, and, and yeah, so we knew essentially we were getting married, but I was like, well... My mom was in town and I wanted her to be a part of like the engagement party and all that. So we got some champagne, had an engagement party, but it was pretty much like kind of planned out. But, um, but yeah, got engaged and then got married seven days later, got engaged on the eighth, got married on the 15th. Um, yeah, got married in the pandemic, um, which is cool. Cause we wanted to elope anyway. Like, and I'll be real, largely due to money. I wasn't about to throw no thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollar wedding so a bunch of assholes can come eat and drink for free. Like to me, that's not what a wedding's about. Shout out to the people that do. I love getting drunk at, at you guys' shit for free. But but yeah, we um the, due to the pandemic, and honestly, probably even if there wasn't a pandemic, we were probably gonna elope anyway. And uh, we got married right on Emerald Bay, a gorgeous Lake Tahoe. Man, it was so amazing. I had my mom there, had my aunt there, um, had the little girl that needed nannies be the flower girl. Um, the the little boy was the ring bear. Um, man, it was absolutely gorgeous. The pictures came out fantastic. More, most importantly, my wife was super happy. She tears up every time she talks about it. Uh, it was an amazing wedding and just proof that you don't have to overcomplicate it, people. Like, you're not fucking royalty. You're not. Your Instagram may make you think that you are whatever the fuck complex you got or inflated sense of arrogance or whatever the fuck it is. But it's you're not the fucking queen of being. You're not. You're not a Kardashian. You're a normal fucking person. And you don't need everybody that went to third grade with you to that no longer give a shit about you to be at your wedding. Um and we know it was very affordable. It was absolutely gorgeous still. Like, it, good luck finding a fucking building that's going to charge you $30,000 to rent it. That's as pretty as Emerald Bay Lake Tahoe. Good luck. It doesn't exist. Emerald Bay Lake Tahoe, literally one of the top, like, views in the whole probably Western Hemisphere. Doesn't get more gorgeous than Emerald Bay Lake Tahoe. And when we, it was super affordable. I had my most important people there. You know, it was wonderful. It was gorgeous. So for all these people that are so bummed about having to postpone your fucking, you know, wannabe celebrity weddings or, or you know, or renting $40,000 venues for your wedding, 
it, it, it's, it's a shitty use of money. Like legit, it is, and I'm. And I, I guess it, that's what I've always wanted since I was a little girl. But why do you want that? You're probably told that by your cunty aunt or something. Like, it, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I'm not shitting anybody. Have have whatever wedding you want. But as somebody who managed to get married in a pandemic on a budget and still had it come out so amazing and dope, like. Just, I mean, take it from me. And it's not just me, like, being, like, a husband. Like, oh, I don't care about that shit. Like, no, my wife was super stoked about it. Loved it. Highly recommend it, guys. Like, seriously, don't make the whole wedding shit out to be more than it has to be. Um, but, yeah, I got married in a pandemic. Um, don't regret it. It was amazing. It was it was beautiful. Um, in August, Chadwick Boseman died, um, you know, Played Black Panther, played Jackie Robinson in 42, um, was in other, played Thurgood Marshall, all the icon, played James Brown. It's crazy the, the, the role that he took on in, um, in his short time, really in the limelight. Um, great actor. Um, I'll just, I'll never forget this whenever that movie first came out, Black Panther, that, um, just like walking through Walmart and seeing like little black boys looking at the Black Panther toys. And like, I know that sounds so cliche and like, oh yeah, right, did you, that really happen? Like, yes, that really happened. I don't like walking through the store and seeing, or seeing that first Halloween after Black Panther and all the little black boys and in their, in their Black Panther costumes and, and, and even little white boys in Black Panther costumes, like not even like, Back in the 90s, you know, that would have been more of, like, a thing. Like, oh, like, that's Black Panther. Like, you're not Black. Like, nowadays, I feel like, like, that, that shit was beautiful for me to watch. Like, maybe I'm making more out of it than I should. But, man, like, it was powerful just watching them little black boys see them Black Panther costumes, them, them Black Panther toys. It was, it was a dope, dope moment. Like, a powerful moment that, and, and it just, like, you know, pop culture can impact deeply in society. And, you know, RIP to Chadwick Boseman, um, you know, he was just getting started. I'm sure that he would have, you know, been the next, you know, Morgan Freeman acting until the end of time, making countless amazing movies. I mean, he he's, you know, phenomenal. RIP, it caught us all by surprise. He kept it to himself. Not a lot of people knew he was sick. You know, it's really sad. Um, affected everybody. Um, I don't I don't think anybody was not sad that day. Seemed like a very nice, likable guy. Never really had any weird scandals or anything. Um, yeah, yeah, just dope guy, RIP. 2020 took a lot of good ones, y'all. And then in September, I had I had Patrick Murray, host of um, Inside, or uh, host of Today in the NBA podcast, um, on my podcast on um, September 15th, which is also my wife's birthday. And um, so that was a good day. But um, what a great wife she is for letting me do a three-hour-long podcast on her birthday. But uh, she understands how seriously I take this, and I'm dedicated to it, which is an amazing thing about her. And, and what you need a partner that supports you guys, you know, and what you want to pursue. Um, but I say that to take this moment to say I'm going to actually go on Return the Favor. I'm going on Patrick Murray's podcast today in the NBA. I'm going to be on... Um, January 7th is when we're recording it, but it'll be released, I believe, January 8th, that Friday. And we're going to talk some hoops. Great guy. Shout out Patrick Murray. Um, go check out his podcast, Today in the NBA. For those NBA fans, for those hoops fans, for those sports fans, for those podcast fans, go support the homie. Um, 
Now, September was also a special month for me because I rediscovered my love for skateboarding in the month of September. Um, I got my board last Christmas and it sat there for nine months not getting used. Um, I was honestly scared to like hurt myself and have to go to the hospital and get COVID. I, yeah, I know that seems like a lot right now, but when that COVID thing first hit, you know, I was taking all the precautions, you know, and, uh, and I, uh, but then eventually, you know, I realized that, you know, I was going to be okay and that I needed some exercise because my fat ass hadn't been to the gym since March. Um, the gym's closed down here in the Bay Area since like March and they never really reopened, I don't think, or if they did, it was very briefly and short-lived. Um, but I needed some exercise. I had this skateboard. I've always loved like skateboard culture. Like even before I started skating, I followed like a million pro skaters on Instagram. Like I always loved like growing up watching the X Games. I did skate as like a young kid. I pretty much quit in middle school because I wanted to like focus more on like football and I would have felt like an idiot if I would have hurt myself skateboarding and been out for football. So I pretty much pumped the brakes on it throughout middle school, high school, college, focused on my football career. But I always loved it. I always loved just watching it. I always loved, you know, the video games, the, the culture, the clothes, the watching highlights and skate videos on YouTube and Instagram. And I've always been a fan and I've always low key kind of wanted to like, you know, get back on it. But, uh, Got back into it. My first time back to the skate park was in September, and I re-sparked my passion for it. You can tell by my elbow. Check out that elbow bruise right there. And I, I love it. It's gotten me back in shape. It really, I, I was really surprised at the mental benefits of it. It's, it's the closest thing my distracted ADD ass is going to get to uh, meditation. Believe it or not, skateboarding, meditating seem like very different things, but like, what meditation is, is the ability to push things out of your mind and kind of have like a nothingness occupy your mind. At least that's my understanding of it. Me, I get so distracted and, and, and just like most people in 2020, all the distractions and everything. Like good luck getting me to sit still in a room by myself while some fucking Australian bitch is telling me to count backwards or whatever. Like, I, like that's not going to work for me. So I never really, you know, gave meditation much thought of mine. I mean, I knew everybody said it's good for you and that, but like while I'm skating, like literally like, not like while I'm at the park, but while my feet are on that board and I'm in a bowl or I'm focusing on a trick or, or whatever the case may be, like in those moments while I'm skating, everything besides not eating shit is pushed out of my brain. Bills due, the pandemic, the future, the past, all the shit that gives us anxiety and, and occupies us and distracts us, it all gets pushed out. Because if you're thinking about other shit, you're going to eat shit. And so it's like self-preservation mixed with meditation uh, while I'm skateboarding. So for those that may think, you know, skateboarding is just like a frivolous activity or something for little kids or something for punk teenagers... I mean, you might be shocked at, you know, the mental and physical benefits of skateboarding. Like, I've leaned up a ton. I know I'm still a little thick, still a little beefy, but I mean, trust me, I, I've leaned up. I, um, it's, it's been great for my cardio, get a great sweat in. Like I said, you get like this weird meditative clarity while you're skating. Like, even if you walk away from your skate sesh physically feeling like shit, you're gonna mentally feel great. And that's like that with a lot of workouts. But like I said, with the gyms being closed in a lot of places, hey, maybe not a bad time to, to pick up a skateboard. I know it's benefited my life greatly and I'm so glad I did. 
Um, and, and I got my first sponsor. I became a sponsored podcaster in September. Shout out to Zach Brown. I'm a great guy. If you need life insurance or um, property insurance or even help finding some property, some real estate help, Zach Brown in Norman, Oklahoma, great guy. I'm no longer a sponsor, but we're on great terms and, and it was for a great reason. And I appreciate I got these actually shirts made with that first sponsor money. So yeah, shout out to Zach Brown, man. Thank you so much for believing me and helping me grow the podcast. Um, also in September, speaking of just growing the podcast and the evolution of the podcast and the growth, I got on audio platforms in September. And so, yeah, if you're a person who maybe doesn't like watching long YouTube videos or, or wants to be able to close the app and still listen, I dreadful talk and beefy boys are available on pretty much all audio podcast platforms that includes Spotify, um, Apple podcast. I mean, Anchor, like all those little podcast apps, even the more obscure ones, I, I get them on there. And I, um, and I, I'm sorry if you can hear the dogs barking. I don't know what's going on out there, but uh, I, uh, I, 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 sorry, got distracted. But uh, but yeah, I got uh, my pod. Both of the podcasts can be found on all audio platforms. So, and I, I recently put up a poll that said, do you prefer audio or video podcasts? And a lot, and I, audio got more votes. So I don't know, um, but my audio numbers are lower than my video numbers. So all those people that voted on the poll, go check out my audio podcast on all your um, audio podcast platforms. And, and I got that up and running in September. So that was a big advancement for the podcast. Um, a huge theme of my 2020 was just falling out of love in the Bay Area and in love with the um, Lake Tahoe area. I am. Um, I've been there three times already, if not four, and I'm going back next week. Um, absolutely, just fell in love with it, and it's so different from the Bay and San Jose, and and I, I and it's, San Jose has been a great like. So I'm so quiet. Cool. I needed it. I needed it, but I think in this next chapter of my life, I'm ready for like a new, new setting, new chapter, and I think we're gonna try to head over to like the Carson City Tahoe area eventually um let me see I, in october i placed my first in-person ufc bet at the hard rock tahoe and i lost um I, I think i lost every single bet i actually put money on this year but listen to harrison on the bets not me because i'd be fucking arguing with his ass and being stubborn and then i lose so if i just listen to harrison i'd be a rich man right now so don't be like me Listen to the Beefy Bed advice on the Beefy Boys Breakdown. And um, once we get the website up and going for Beefy Boys, we're going to have like a Beefy Bets like page that like gives Harrison's picks. So and he's, he's been really accurate this year. Um, I got these shirts made in October. My first ever merch. Huge milestone for me. Shout out Denton Visual at Denton Visual. He's the one that helps me with all my merch get made. Great to work with. Shout out you. You've been a lot of help to my 2020, man. And I'm um, looking forward to making more merch in the future. Um, shout out to everybody that bought one of these, too. Post a picture in it. If you have Dreadful Talker Beefy Boys merch, we've sold a lot of it. Post pictures. Tag us in it. You know, and shout us out. Um, we'll shout you out back. Thanks to everybody that supported the, you know, that bought, bought one of these original blue, um, the, the OGTs, man. Um, I, had to, I had to bust it out for nostalgia purposes. Um. How many of y'all can say you got a free car in 2020? Um, talking about focusing on positives. I got a free car. It's an old car. Um, 
not gonna win any beauty contests, but actually, I my my uncle's friend had found out that I had had my car stolen, and he had a car that was just taking up room in the driveway, and, and I got a free motherfucking car in 2020. So I'm thankful for that. Focus on things that you're thankful for that happened in 2020, and get out of that. Oh fuck, 2020 is the worst year ever. Get out of that. That doesn't do anybody any good. Find some things that you were thankful for that happened to you this year. Because for most people out there, I bet some good shit happened to you this year. And you don't want to forget about that or, or just cloud it with negativity um, just because it's it's so in vogue to say how bad 2020 was. Um, I got it. Also, in October, I did my first burrito review. I just... Um, I, I, I'm a big fan of Dave at Barstool and like all he does for the small restaurants and um, and he does the pizza reviews and I love watching those and I just like wanted to do something similar and like in hopes to like drive more traffic to my YouTube channel, hopefully create just more fans of the brand, fans of the podcast and um, and I decided to start doing burrito reviews in October and then that's been a big hit and, and uh, I love doing them doing another one tomorrow so tune in um but yeah I, uh, I if you're a fan of like the barstool pizza reviews and you want to maybe check out one of my burrito reviews they're all on the dreadful talk podcast on um, youtube channel so go over there like subscribe check out my burrito reviews and, and yeah if you're a fan of mexican food or just food reviews uh you know food vlogs check it out um november came around I got the Beefy Boys merch, which those are a big hit. I still have um, some Smalls and some Double XLs. The, the t-shirts look just like this sign. Um, same color scheme and everything. Um, so, yeah, um, got some Smalls and some Double Xs. Um, you even share Maybe if you share some of my videos, like and subscribe, I may give you one for free. So, you know, support the podcast. Support the movement. You can scratch our back. We'll scratch yours for sure. Um... I got a $20 Friday the 13th tattoo. It's like a little origami outline of my dog, Holly. And I've never gotten one of those. I've always like, it's one of those things you pass the tattoo shop on Friday the 13th and you kind of laugh. And um, one night, um, back when me and my wife first started dating, we actually, we were drunk in San Francisco and we almost did it, but thankfully we decided not to. But I don't know if it's quarantine got us bored or what up, what up, DC Cards Collector? If, um, if you're a fan of sports cards, go go check out his Instagram, DC underscore cards underscore collector. He, he's given me good deals in the past. Great guy to get sports cards from. Um, yeah, appreciate you tuning in, brother. Um, and yeah, man, um, you can anybody watching on a different platform, if you're watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify, I do these podcasts live on Instagram, and you can comment and say hi and be a part of the live action. Um, it, my Instagram is um, at Dreadful Talk Dom, and, and yeah, we do Beefy Boys and Dreadful Talk live on Instagram, so you can be, watch live, be a part of the show. Um, so I got, I finally just said, "Fuck it, it's 2020," and uh, yeah, Happy New Year's to everybody. Happy New Year's. You know, ending 2020, just kind of doing a year in review. Um, just, you know, it hasn't all been bad. I know everybody wants to focus on the negatives of 2020. And, and I just think that if we all take a second and peel the onion back a little bit, we've all had some good things happen to us in 2020 as well. And some things we can be thankful for. And, and I think that needs to be the spirit moving into 2021 that to kind of get 
everybody back on the on the right track. Just you know, we got to be more positive, and, and, and I think that could do everybody a lot of good. Um, it's December. I know it's technically it's the last day of December right now. It's been a good month for me. Got to experience Winter Tahoe, which is a whole another ball game from Summer Tahoe. So gorgeous, the whole different type of beauty. I um uh, I went snowboarding for the first time since I was 14 years old. It was 12 years in between snowboarding sessions. Survived without killing myself. I actually didn't even really eat it hard at all. I pretty much remembered it. Came back pretty quick. Muscle memory. Um, so yeah, man, that's another thing. I had people, I'm 26 years old. I had people messaging me saying like, oh, you're crazy. You're going to get hurt. We're too old for that. Live your life. Like we going to be really old one day and we're not going to be able to do shit like that. Like, yeah. Was I a little more sore than when I was when I was 15? Well, did I have to ice my knees after? Yeah. But like, it's called maintenance. It's called taking care of your body. It's called being active. Like don't just sit on the like people you know they graduate high school you know and just get fat and sit around and quit doing anything and all in the day oh i don't want to get hurt like man like what's more unhealthy having an injury that resulted from her physical activity or having no physical activity like the answer is obvious like you gotta kind of risk it for the biscuit a little bit you gotta kind of give and take like yeah i mean the, there's no risk. You could get hurt driving to the grocery store, getting a car wreck. Like you can't just avoid. I, I just, it, it, it's so gross to me when people my own age like act like we're old and act like we can't do physical activities or like we're out of our prime. Like you realize that like an NBA player, like 26, 27, 28, like that's your prime. There's people out there really saying like you're too old to snowboard and skateboard whenever quite literally your physical prime is like a man. Like, Get the get out of here with that. You living life wrong, man. Drink some fucking water and do a physical activity. How about that? Um, and then this month got the long sleeve dreadful talk shirts in. I still got plenty of those, but I am I I think I like I'm running low on the larges and XL. So shout out to everybody that's been buying up those sizes. But I think I have plenty of smalls, mediums, and double X's left. And, and the long sleeve, those things are super cozy, super warm, doing the perfect long sleeve. Like I'm not even just like they're way better than these ones. Like if you like these ones or you like the BB, they're like I, I got the extra better quality material. They're like a whole nother level up from these, which you know, I love these and shout out to everyone that bought one. But these orange long sleeves, next level, highly recommend. Um DM me if you want to order, get them shipped out to you, doing shipping nationwide. It'll be there within the week. Um and then we did our first ever Beefy Boys Prime Cuts Awards. That episode is on YouTube. We go out and we award all the best categories for like best male fighter of the year, best female fighter of the year, knockout of the year, submission of the year, breakout fighter of the year. We even do like commentator of the year, some fun categories. We did chin of the year, which is a Beefy Boys exclusive. No other um, MMA awards show gave out chin of the year. We came up with that. So, um, yeah, go check out that episode. It's on YouTube. Uh, sub like and subscribe. Beefy Boys Breakdown on YouTube. It does me a huge favor. I appreciate that. And, um, and yeah, man. So, um, man, 2020. Like I said, what a year. A year we'll never forget. A year that will be in textbooks and, and, and history books. And um, definitely none of us will forget. Like, I feel like this is kind of our 
what one of I mean hopefully you know the struggle of our generation hopefully it don't get worse hopefully you know we make it through this and things get better like I don't know I feel like when we're old how like we asked maybe asked our grandparents or great grandparents about the depression or World War II or just turbulent times in the country like this is what our grandkids are going to be asking us about y'all the 2020 so I hope I hope you took notes like I did because we don't be don't be telling your grandkids fake news and, and bullshit, you know, stories, man. Make sure you make sure you you telling telling your kids the truth, passing along the story of um, you know, everything that we've all gone through. You know, everybody's 2020 looked differently and everybody's you know had different obstacles. But I think the common theme is that we all had obstacles and that well, we we you know work to overcome them, and in a lot of ways we got you know closer with our families, and there are good things that came out of 2020 for sure. Um, yeah, um, yeah, Connor and Poirier coming up in 26 days. Great point. I um I'm leaning Connor. Um, Poirier likes to eat shots. Um, he can't eat shots. He has a master of a chin. He almost won chin of the year. Um, in, in our in our prime cuts awards, um, we did give him fight of the year for his fight with Dan Hooker. But um, he's definitely willing to eat shots to give shots. And when you're fighting a guy with the one stroke touch of death power that Conor McGregor possesses in that left hands, he he eats the wrong left of Conor. It could be a short night. I gotta say though, um, Conor's had a history of cardio problems in the past, and it's. Um, and, and so I think if it makes it to rounds four and five, it's a five-round fight, main event fight. Um, if it makes it into the fourth and fifth rounds, Poirier, I think, does get the advantage. Because if it makes it to the fourth and fifth rounds, that means that he his chin has held up and he's been able to eat McGregor's best stuff. And, and then that's whenever his cardio and, and his experience tends to become more and maybe the, the grappling can become more of a... I think I think that the scale starts to tip to Poirier in the fourth and fifth round. So on a betting tip, if you're betting Connor, bet him by knockout and you'll get a better number. And if you're betting Poirier, bet Poirier to go the distance in a decision. If Poirier wins, I think it's going to be by decision. I don't think he's knocking out or submitting Connor. I could be wrong. But I think if you want to get value from a betting perspective, you either bet the Connor knockout or the Poirier um decision and either way you'll get a way better number than if you just bet it against the money line straight up um but yeah cannot wait for that fight any corner fight is a monumental event and kind of a spectacle in and of itself it's kind of deserves its own category apart from other ufc pay-per-view cards which the ufc is raising the pay-per-view prices right before that card so you know, I know I'm going to fucking pony up those cocksuckers, but yeah, they're going to milk us for an extra $10 per pay-per-view in 2021. So that's something we can all look forward to, UFC fans. But um, want to end this on just some goals for myself for 2021. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of writing goals down, like checklists and just and trying to manifest your goals. And so I'm going to say them live right here and, and to all my listeners and, and viewers, um, I'm going to, I'm going to, to hold myself accountable, feel free to call me out. Um, I think that my goals for 2021 are going to be 500 subs on YouTube. Um, whether that be Dreadful Talk or Beefy Boys, if any of them get to 500 subs, 
you know, I would be a happy, happy man. So help me out with that, y'all. You guys can help me accomplish my 21, 2021 goals right now by subscribing and liking uh, on Beefy Boys Breakdown on YouTube and Dreadful Talk Podcast on YouTube. Please do me a solid. Help me out. And then um, I, I want to get out of the Bay Area. By the end of 2021, I want to be living in somewhere, the Reno, Tahoe, Carson City, that region. I want to get on the Nevada side on the border so I can buy myself a real fucking gun and uh, not be taxed, you know, 12% of my paycheck. Um, and But it's still close. It's a four-hour drive from the Bay. Um, you know, Tahoe is literally paradise, heaven on earth. I, I, I'll, I'll be 20 minutes from Tahoe. I want, I want my kids, like I want the next place I move to be like where my kids grow up. And like where I want to raise my family. And I want my kids, I don't want my kids stepping over human shit in the Bay Area. And, and you know, looking at gang graffiti. Like, I'm sorry. I know some, some of y'all ratchet motherfuckers want y'all kids to grow up to be, you know what I mean, gangster of the year or whatever. But I don't want that life for my, for my future children. I mean, I want, I want my kids to be little mountain kids, to be snowboarding and, and, and fucking skateboarding. And, and and riding jet skis at the lake and, and that type of shit, man. I don't want, I don't want my kids. You know what I'm saying? I just don't want them dealing with that shit, stepping over heroin baggies and needles and shit like that, man. Like I said, I mean, I'm a grown man. I can deal with that. I'm not losing no sleep whenever I step over that shit. But I'm not trying to, you know what I'm saying? Have my youngest next generation come up like about that. Um, you know, Carson City is way more affordable than the Bay Area. Get ourselves a nice little home. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm looking forward to it. That's my goal. So my goal so far, I got I need 500 subs on YouTube. Y'all can help me with that. I want to move to Carson City. Y'all can't help me with that. That's on me. <laughs> but I'm going to make it happen. And then um, I want to have a pro athlete or a former pro athlete, one of the two on the podcast. That's going to be, those are my three goals. I think they're accomplishable goals, you know. I'm not going to write down, like, be a millionaire by, by 2021. Like, no, I mean, obviously, that would be, I'm not going to be mad if that happens. But, you know, set real, realistic, achievable goals for your 2021. And I wish you and your families and, and your goals, you know, I, I want all my friends and all the people, all my viewers and all the people I care about and know to set goals and accomplish those goals in 2021. If I could have my, like, wish, you know, uh, with that Ray J, if I had one wish, no, it's like that, but, uh, like, uh, if I, yeah, if I had one wish, it, 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 it's, it's that simple, because cause every, there's no one-size-fits-all solution. I want people to set their own goals and envision how they want their life to look and feel in, next year, and, and I want you to go over your definition of success and go after it. Everybody's definition of success looks differently, and that's okay. Um, you know, everybody's into different things. Everybody goes at a different pace. Everybody's dealing with different struggles. So I want people also, my message to be, stop being in so much competition or looking at the next man or comparing yourself to these people who y'all's stories are different than y'all's struggles, y'all's obstacles are different than y'all's paths, y'all's lanes, y'all's road to success is, is paved out of different material. And, and that's okay. Like, like your competition should be like you being productive that day. Like, like your competition is the clock. It's the, 
it's the it's the as Joe Rogan would say, conquering your inner bitch. Like when you don't want to do something, you don't want to wake up, you don't want to buckle down, you don't want to like you gotta you gotta be mentally focused, mentally strong. As like I said, as Joe Rogan would say, the great the great JRE, he says, you know, conquer your inner bitch. Like we all got it. The toughest, most disciplined motherfucker got that lazy little bitch in the back of his head trying to tell him to sleep in or. Or, or, you know, bullshit something off. And you just got to take care of biz. Um, accomplish what you need to accomplish that day. Um, you know, put one foot in front of the other. Just work towards your goals. And I think by the end of 2021, you'd be surprised as to how close to those goals, you know, you, you find yourself. Um, but, man, I could not have had even as close to a good of 2020 as I did Without each and one of y'all, um, anybody that's bought merch, anybody that shared a video, that's subscribed on YouTube, that, you know, just supported me, even just reached out and sent a message saying, hey, I enjoyed it, or hey, I, I, I love what you're doing, you know, I keep keep it up. Um, shout out Parker Blackburn, man, I was scrolling through just old stuff, going through my year in review, and um, I found this comment on my second ever live, before it was even called Dreadful Talk, where, where Parker Blackburn, shout out the homie, um, he, he was like, man, like you got this, bro. Like, like America needs your podcast right now. And, and, and then you, he, he believed in me before it even had a name. So shout out Parker Blackburn. Shout out everybody that's bought some merch. I have plenty of merch still available. Um, and, and yeah, thanks to everybody that support. Anybody that wants to be a sponsor of the podcast, shoot me a DM, reach out. We are still have sponsorship slots available. And just everybody be a part of this growth, be a part of this journey, because I want to take people along with me, you know. Um, it's going to be mutually beneficial to, you know, using this platform and helping each other just network and grow in regardless of what fields we're in. We can all, we can all work together. And I'm just, I'm talking to anybody watching this, um, you know, anybody and wants to be a part or, you know, wants to network, wants to grow, wants to be a part of something. You know, we, we, we can all we can all we can all make that work. We can all make that function. But this was episode 30. I got to say, it feels kind of weird and satisfying to like end 2020 on a nice round, clean number like 30. Got 30 episodes in. Um, probably be close. I hope to be over 50 episodes next year. Um, man, I can't wait to hit that triple digits. Um Oh man, but yeah, sh man, shout out to what up, D Stout. I was just talking about you earlier on the podcast, man. I was I told the story about how we uh, went and watched George play on Monday night, and how we kicked it with them boys after the game. That was a good ass night. But I'm just about to end the live. That's the only reason I'm not gonna bring you in. But thank you so much for tuning in. You the homie. Shout out to everybody that watched the live. Shout out, go everybody. Make sure to go subscribe on YouTube, please. That does me a huge favor. Share some videos from my YouTube. That really helps me out. Love y'all. Hope your 2021 is filled with, you know, dream chasing and checking goals off your list and 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 and, and making progress in whatever it is that you want to make progress in. Um, like I said that looks different for all of us. Um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to getting, you know, back to whatever normal is going to be in the future. Who knows? Um, I sure, I sure wouldn't mind being able to go to an Oakland A's game at some point in 2021. Fingers crossed. God damn it. That would be amazing. Um, and yeah, I said, Happy New Year's, everybody. Here's to 2021. And, and here's to the end of 2020. And here's to those we lost in 2020. And here's to those that were born in 2020. It's just about, you know, time goes on. 
And, and you know, we hope 2021 can be better. Um, but guess what? Even if 2021 gets worse, you're still going to have to find a way and adjust and, and survive. And, and that, that's what, you know, people have been doing since the beginning of time. So here's the 2020, the end of 2020 and the start of 2021. Uh, thanks to everybody that's been a part of this journey for both of these podcasts and, and everybody that plans to be a part of the journey moving forward. Hope everybody has a great and safe night. You know, get home to your family safe tonight, y'all. Don't go out and catch COVID tonight, y'all. Um, don't go give nobody COVID tonight, y'all. And, and don't, you know, m most importantly, you know, make sure don't take somebody else's loved ones away from them. You know what I'm saying? Because of a selfish, stupid decision. So enter 2021 with the right energy, doing the right thing. Just, you know what I'm saying? I'm not telling you not to turn up. You never heard me say that. You get as lit as you want to. Just be safe. You know what I'm saying? Don't make your problem somebody else's problem.